Everyone, it's a live show for Friday's Locked On Pelicans is Osman Diang, one of the more intriguing guys in the draft. And would the Pelicans select him at 10? Plus, I'm here to answer all of your draft questions, just general Pelicans questions. We can even talk NBA Finals, whatever it is you want. So let's go in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans, a live show. Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube if you're here with me live. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Here with you all on this, it's Thursday night, but it's for the Friday show, and I appreciate everyone jumping on in to do this live with me. This is, we've been doing these once a week, they're fun, they're interactive, it's to answer your questions. I want to look at Osman Diang, and are uh, pronouncing his, his last name wrong, Diang, and really want to look at him because he's interesting. He'll be kind of the first segment, and I see we've already got a bunch of questions in the chat, some really good ones too, and I will be sure to answer all of those. So thank you all for joining me here. And of course, thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team, whether it's draft prospects, whether it's trade options, whether it's who they're going to sign in free agency or breaking down the playoff run, what they need, all of that stuff. We're going to be breaking that all down into the off season too. So we're here Monday through Friday. Subscribe on YouTube. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Tell a friend about the show. And of course, leave a five-star review with a comment wherever you get your podcast. And of course, comment on YouTube. More of that is only a good thing. So I see we've got a couple of questions in here already. Any top prospects have a chance to fall at eight? I like that. We got someone in here from Argentina. That's really cool too. Someone says it feels like the Pelicans will trade the eight pick. I'll answer those. It'll probably get, we'll get to that in a second. In the second segment of today's show, we'll do a lot of Q&A in the uh, second and third. But I do want to talk about Usman Diong out of Australia. This is a guy whose name is brought up frequently with the Pelicans because he oozes potential, right? Six foot ten with a seven foot wingspan. And he's barely 19 years old. Barely 19. He's one of the younger guys in the draft. And when you look at his best skills, he's a very talented ball handler. A really talented ball handler. And as you've heard me repeatedly say, you really want to get those kind of ball handling, shooting, playmaking wings. And that's what he is. And at 6'10 with a 7'0 wingspan, he has a chance to be a massive wing. And when you try and project out what he could be in the NBA, it's probably kind of someone similar to Brandon Ingram. You know, that kind of point forward, a guy that you can use to initiate your offense and create for others, as well as kind of being your go-to score. He has kind of that sort of potential. So if he's there at eight, it's an option that the Pelicans, I think, need to consider. But I worry about him reaching some of that potential. Is he too raw? And I think that could really be a problem, right? He averaged 8.9 points per game, 2.3 rebounds, 1 assist in the Australian uh, League last year. It's not a particularly strong league, and he really struggled there. 
He was injured. He came back. And credit to him that over the final 12 games of the season, including three playoff games, right, he averaged 13.3 points per game. He shot 33% from three-point range, which is better than the 27.1% he was shooting, or at times 21.2%. He scored 18 or more points in three of the team's final five games. So we saw him improving as their season went on. And when I had Richard Stamen at Mavs Draft on here, we talked about how you want to see guys get better as the season went on. So Deong did that. But I still really worry. His shot's not great. He tries to create space for himself, and he can do it. So he can create some mid-range looks, but he doesn't really... He's not able to convert on them right now. And when you look at him and you watch him play, he doesn't try and get to the rim at all. He is unbelievably passive. And for a guy who's six foot ten with over seven foot wingspan, use the height and try and get to the line. Try and get into the paint and score. And he's just contact shy, risk averse. And that really worries me about him. I think there's other guys that give you that combination of really good size on the wing with playmaking and still needing shooting, Dyson Daniels being one of them. And I like that better. You know, he's a good defender, particularly one-on-one, but he lacks some on-ball awareness and off-ball awareness where he just doesn't seem to really realize what's going on. Now he's 19, barely 19, so that makes sense. Shaq Edwards says, we live? Yes, we are live. Um, and I see all the questions here, so we'll get in there. I also like that we got Saints, uh, Saints Helmets questions in the chat too as well. I don't know if I actually like those. I like the idea of a black helmet. I just don't know if I like that kind of flirtily stripe that's going through all of that. So going back to though, Usman Diong, I, I get the appeal. I just would rather take Dyson Daniels, who I think has basically just as high of a ceiling, though he doesn't have quite the same sort of size and length as Diong. But I like one of those guys better than Dion. What do you all think? Tell me what you think in the chat here about Usman Dion. You know, again, intriguing, but he struggled in a weaker league. And players that haven't fully succeeded in those type of leagues don't necessarily translate to the NBA all that well or the hit rate isn't particularly high. And that really does concern me about him. And so that's why I probably would shy away from drafting him at eight, depending on who else is on the board. I probably would take a Benedict Matherin over him. I'd probably take a Dyson Daniels over him. I'd probably take Shaden Sharp. I don't know if I'd take A.J. Griffin over him, mainly because I'm just not that high on A.J. Griffin. But I think there's people that I would pick him over. But And maybe we can talk about this in the next segment. Again, there's a lot of guys that I think are really good trade-down candidates. And I know you've all asked me about this a lot, right? Thunder at 12, maybe trading for those two Charlotte picks. Let's talk about let's talk about that, and I'll answer your questions coming up in the next two segments here in today's live edition of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info so you can find all the latest sports developments news odds including game six of the nba finals later tonight the nhl stanley cup finals they got major league baseball in there and of course all the latest fighting news whether it's mma ufc straight to boxing 
So Bet Online is your continued source for all your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action over at betonline.net. Bet Online, where the game starts. And thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know about the team. We've been killing it on draft coverage with the prospect coverage, right? Breaking who's coming in for workouts, giving you ideas on trades and things like that. Whatever it is you want to know about the Pelicans, we are covering it right here. And I appreciate y'all being live with me. And by the way, since you're all live, do me a favor. We got a locked on survey and you can also win some things. So go to lockedonpodcast.com slash survey. You can do it right now in another tab. Fill it out. Tell us what you like about our Locked On shows, what you like about Locked On Pelicans, what you think needs to improve on Locked On Pelicans. This is your chance to help shape the shows and make it exactly what you want to hear. It's not going to take you long. It's really short. And the survey, if you, fi- if you finish it, you can qualify for a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. So you can go to the Smoothie King Center to watch the Pelicans and Zion play next season. All right, now the chat's rolling. So let's t- answer... Some of your questions here. And I'm going to start at the top, right? Let's kind of run through <coughs> some of these as I need some water doing this live in the moment. There we go. All right. Donald Allison asks, any top prospects have a chance to fall to eight? If so, who? I think the only one is probably Shaden Sharp, right? This is a guy who has the talent to go in the top five, I think, raw didn't really play last year. It was kind of part him, part Kentucky and Calipari too. Like part of it was on Kentucky and they weren't planning on playing him at all. And so I think it's wrong to say that it was just all on him. But his workouts ha- sounded like they haven't gone particularly well. He's made some questionable decisions, I think, during this process. He has a chance to fall to eight. And look, that's almost the best case scenario to for New Orleans, right? If teams really love him, if there's a team that's like, oh my God, that guy's a t- we had him third on our board, they might want to trade for that eighth pick and give you more than you would have gotten otherwise. And then you get a bit of a haul for that pick and what I think is still a bit of a weak draft. And Sharp is a big question mark. Didn't play last year, right? That's huge concern when it comes to that sort of thing. But I've seen his some of the workouts. He is... He's going to be a scorer, you guys. He's going to be a scorer. His shot looks good. He has the physical size to be an excellent two-guard, smaller wing. There's a lot to like with him, right? Former top recruit. All of those things are really important when it comes to trying to predict if guys are going to do well in the NBA. I think he could be there at eight, but I don't see Chet Holmgren, Bancaro, Jabari Smith, or Jaden Ivey falling. I think he's really the... Only one that has a bit of a chance of falling to eight. Forbes says, feels like the Pels will trade the eighth pick away for a veteran facilitator while not risking giving away any key or role players. They probably want to. I think they'd like to try and trade the pick for a veteran guy. I don't know if it's a facilitator necessarily. I think they'd like to trade it and be still in win now mode and get kind of a young guy that fits their timeline. I just don't know if a trade's realistically going to happen, but I think they definitely would like to. Jalil also coming in next goes, number one question, Jake, who's the best fit in your opinion? Uh, Dyson Daniels or Benedict Matherin? That's a good question. I think in terms of pure fit, right? Like guy who would fit on the team right now and do well, it's probably Benedict Matherin. 
I think he's a role player in the NBA. I don't think he has as much upside as some of the other guys that you could draft at eight. But here's here's the thing, right? And you've heard me repeatedly say this. I'm also a big believer of just draft solid basketball players. Go the Memphis route and just get good guys on the team. You don't have to try and go for broke, boom or bust with every pick in the draft. You don't have to do that at eight. You can play it a little bit safer because you have your top end guys here in New Orleans already. If they think Benedict Matherin can step on the court and play with the starters and be the fifth guy, the fourth guy, draft that guy. There's some concerns, in my opinion, about the depth. I think we overrate it a, a little bit, right? I love Jose Alvarado, but he's still a little bit undersized. He still can be iffy with some of his shooting. Getting a guy like Matherin, who's a quality role player, and that's what I see from him in the NBA, will make you a better basketball team right now. That's not a bad thing. I saw there was a question in there wondering about kind of how he can do with the ball in his hands. That's not something he did a ton of in Arizona. I I'm not as worried about that. I think that can, it was um, Josh, the Pels fan thoughts on Benedict Matherin from self, from a self creation upside. Look, it's there. He definitely has the kind of physical tools to be able to do that. You can see him create some separation in a little bit of what he does. He also doesn't need to do it for the next four or five years here in new Orleans with Brandon Ingram, with Zion Williamson. Right. And if those guys leave, you're screwed anyway, so I'm not as worried about it um, for the Pelicans. So I, I think he's probably the best fit out of like all the guys available to New Orleans at eight. But it doesn't mean he has the highest upside. It doesn't mean it's the player that I would pick. He's just probably the guy who can step on the court and do some things right now. I think Dyson Daniels isn't far behind doing different things. I think he could run that second unit for you while giving you pretty good defense. And I think that's an option. I'm really high on Dyson Daniels. I was on Fox 8 last night and they were like, you know, you got to pick someone. Who is it? And I said Dyson Daniels. That's not who I took in our Locked On NBA mock draft. I think my pick drops tomorrow, but it was Jeremy Sohan for the Pelicans at 8. I'm going to be curious to hear what the Locked On experts say about that. That's the ultimate mock draft. Just search ultimate NBA mock draft and you can find that. We're running a whole mock draft with all of our local hosts making the pick. So let's go through some more of the questions that we have here. Pelicans Knowles mentions the Saints helmet says they're fire. I disagree. I've also told you I'll keep an eye out for some Jersey news. I don't know when it's going to happen for the Pelicans. Some things are changing. Don't expect a lot of changes or big changes. I've actually seen them and um, so you'll see some changes, not huge, not dramatic, but some things will be different going into next season, but I wouldn't say expect new whites or anything like that. Um, Forbes said, saw Jackson Hayes was given his three-year, we should talk about that, three-year probation. Does that affect his ability to be traded or ability to play for another team? I feel like he could be a key trade piece in the offseason. So I, I don't know if that's going to end up being anything, right? It's not a good look. That's not what you want. But it, it is what it is. You know, the, the, you, those processes are a process. You know, I think the Pelicans might want to move him. I don't know if they want to make a decision or have to deal with the contract negotiations. And frankly, I don't think he's been amazing. He improved last year, but he's a role player at best. And he's done this before where, you know, he improves and then stops playing because he's played poorly. Right. And maybe it's he needs to play the four versus the five. I actually thought he was pretty decent 
in limited minutes in that series against the Phoenix Suns and wasn't really a big of a problem as some others were making him out to be um, because I thought he defended on the perimeter pretty well. But, you know, three years in, this is going to be his fourth year. You would have liked more development from him by now, and he hasn't shown that. You don't want to have to pay a guy like that, and that could be, you know, a bit of a problem too. I don't think he's a key trade piece, though. I've seen people, you know, someone asked me on Twitter, like, do you think eight in jacks is enough to get up to four? And like, no, I don't. I don't think he has almost any trade value. You've got to factor in any team trading for him is going to have to make a decision on paying him, which is probably what he wants going to be a lot of money. I don't think teams really want to deal with things like that. And so I don't see him getting you much trade value. You include him because you need salary to make things work. But I don't think he's a key trade piece or anything like that really whatsoever. So I, I don't think many of the guys have a ton of value outside of Herb Jones, Trey Murphy. And I don't even think, you know, Trey has a ton of value. Herb has more. And you're not going to trade any of the top guys. So it kind of puts the Pelicans in... A little bit of a position where, you know, they're probably not going to overhaul the roster just because I don't think they're going to get the kind of return that they really, really want. Forbes mentions, by the way, don't love CJ having to try and facilitate as the only guard. You know, he doesn't need to be the point guard. You have Brandon Ingram who can assist for you. You have Zion Williamson who's point Zion, right? Now, he does that through his court gravity rather than pulling strings and orchestrating the pick and roll, but those are still things that he could learn. And there's enough creation with these guys. You saw Herb Jones being a little bit of a secondary creator for you. It seems like Trey Murphy should be able to do that. They're basically trying to put like half a ball handler in almost every single position, which adds up to two and a half ball handlers. So I think they're okay. If you get one, that's not a bad thing. Jose can do it too. I don't think it's a bad option to have. I just don't think it's absolutely needed for the Pelicans to go out and go out and get a starting point guard or anything like that. I think they're fine with what they have. And also then who do you kick out of the starting lineup, right? Brandon Ingram's going to be in there. CJ McCollum's going to be in there. Zion Williamson, Herb Jones, and you probably need a center in Valanciunas. So if you get another point guard, it probably means Herb Jones is out of the starting lineup. Is that what you want? I'm not really sure about that. It's uh G Easy Go Hard 1487 says, "Could you see us drafting Johnny Davis?" Yeah, I think so. I think that I could, I could see that happening. I think a lot of the guys are more trade down candidates for the Pelicans. I think when you look at this draft, there's I think this uh, for a number of the guys from like 8 to 18 are actually pretty close in terms of how you grade them out. Certainly, I like some better than others, and there's something to be said of if the guy's the top on your board, even if he's close to 18, just go and get your guy. But I could see Johnny Davis being a trade-down candidate. I think he's a plug-and-play guy in the NBA. I don't know if he has the most upside, but he can definitely go out and get you some buckets and play good defense. Is he going to be a good three-point shooter? Maybe, maybe not. That's a bit of a concern for me. Shooting's definitely important, but this team has shown the ability to develop that. So I think with a lot of the names I see, I see them as trade-down candidates because I, I grade a lot of these guys out pretty closely. And I have my like list of shows that we're planning. I'm not going to give it all away here. Uh, for the rest of... Like, for all of next week and I'll do a final big board on Wednesday the day before the draft where some of these guys do get graded out but I think a lot of them are kind of in the mix so I think you could trade down feel good but I have certain conditions on trading down 
And I'm actually going to be curious what you all say in the chat right here. So let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On, que- uh, Locked On Questions, Locked On Pelicans, and I'll answer more of your questions. So that's going to be coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday for y'all, breaking down everything you want to know. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Tell a friend about the show. Don't let them be a clueless Pelicans fan. Let them know what's going on with the draft, right? I got friends texting me being like, they should take this guy at eight. And it's like, no, no, they shouldn't. And they're so dead set on this. You all have a friend like that. I get it. It's annoying. Get, get them listening to the Lockdown Pelicans here. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, as I said, and on YouTube. Leave a five-star review with a comment, whether that's on iTunes or Spotify. It takes 30 seconds. And, of course, comment, comment, comment on YouTube. That's, like, the number one thing I can ask you to do. There's no Patreon, right? There's no OnlyFans here. We're not asking for money. You want to support the show? It's these things that take 30 seconds. And that helps keep the show free. And five days a week, no one else coming to you like this, talking about all the topics you want to hear. And now, for your second listen, go check out the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The first picks of the Ultimate NBA Mock Draft have been made. I'm in the second episode, so search now. It's Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. It's got over 50 insiders, the Odyssey sports experts, draft experts from the Locked On NBA Big Board podcast. It's five episodes I'm in the second. All of our local hosts who cover the team, not one person tried to figure out what 30 different teams are doing. I know the Pelicans better than anyone else on the network, right? I should be making that pick. Our Thunder host, Ryland Stiles, should be making the three picks for the Thunder because he knows them better than anyone else. This is the best way to try and get a little bit of insight into what other teams are trying to do with the draft rather than trying to kind of project what you think they should be doing so go search ultimate nba mock draft all right we'll go a little bit longer here we'll go for like another 10 minutes or so so trade down i've seen a lot of people say this right particularly with the oklahoma city thunder and i don't know if they actually want to move up and it was reported today maybe not you know they're sitting there at 12 could the pelicans trade back from 8 to 12 still get a guy they really like jeremy sohan who i'm very high and could be available i don't think dyson daniels will be but benedict matherin Hit or miss if he could be there, but you could get Johnny Davis. Could be Malachi Branham, who they've also brought in for workouts, right? Could be A.J. Griffin, who they've brought in as well. Some one of those guys is going to be there at 12. So if you trade back four spots, you might still think like, now we're still going to get a guy we're really high on. It might not be our number one, but it might be like 1B or even two. And depending on the other assets you get, that could be intriguing. I've seen a lot of people mention Charlotte. They have the 13th and 15th pick in this draft. So here's the thing. Here are my rules for trading back. I don't want another pick in this draft at all. I don't want two first-round picks in this and bringing those guys into the team. I don't think this draft is that good. I can poke holes in all of these guys' games very easily for the most part, outside of maybe the top eight guys. I like Malachi Branham, but he's a one-dimensional scorer. And I don't know if that's going to translate well to the NBA or if he's going to develop other skills, right? I don't love the centers that are available. Johnny Davis, is he going to develop a shot, right? Is his creation enough? I don't know. And so I don't want two guys from this draft when I think it's a weaker draft than past years than next year. So I don't want the Pelicans to trade eight for 13 and 15. 
which is ironically one of their original picks. Even if you're dumping a guy like uh, Devontae Graham, which would be the weirdest trade ever if it was eight in Devontae Graham for 13 and 15. But if you get a future pick and still keep this first round pick, okay, I'm intrigued all of a sudden. If you can trade eight for 12 and a future first, now you're now you're talking. The, that's the type of trade that I would be looking at. I don't want another pick in the first round here. I'd want a future pick, ideally in a better draft. OKC is going to give up a future first, one of their own. They'll be maybe a fringe-ish playoff team next season with all the young guys they have. But if you could trade back to 12, get a guy you like, and then get a future pick, I would do that type of deal in a second. But I do not want to get two first-round picks in what I consider a weaker draft than others. I don't love some of these guys. I really worry about a guy like Malachi Brandon being a one-dimensional player, and that's it. And there's a useful player. You know, they have a role in the league, but he struggles mightily on defense. And I don't want to bring in two of those guys. Just give me one. And I think that will be the kind of guy that I'm looking for. So let me know. Do you want two picks in this first round? Or did I convince you a little bit here that I don't think this is the draft to kind of do that? Trade down can definitely be the right move. But they've got to get future value. Again, you've heard them talk a lot about you know, building a sustainable future, sustainable success. More picks in the future helps you do that. And this is a year to go after that because I don't love a lot of the players that we see in this draft. Let me know if you disagree with me. Do you want them to trade, say, 8 for 13 and 15, knowing that you then need to move another guy because they really only have one roster spot and that's right now kind of marked for the eighth overall pick. So they're in a good spot, right? If if a guy like Shaden Sharp drops to eight, I think more teams would be calling. Significantly calling because I think someone will want to take a chance on that guy. Um, so let's answer some more of your questions because I just kind of, ra- not rambled, but went off on a tangent there. Doug Rosenthal says, with Seawood leaving, does that mean Houston is going for Holmgren? No, I don't I don't think so. I don't. I think Holmgren's going to, to OKC. I think they'll take Bancaro, but they'll take, you know, if it's the other way around, they're just going to take best player available. There's It's a three-man draft, in my opinion. They'll take the third one. I really think it's that easy. Shaq Edwards says, we just need an elite shooter or elite defender. Cool with either one. I don't love AJ Griffin. I'd rather go defender that does has another skill set and you can develop that shooting. And David Griffin talked about, you know, saying that they're really good at that with Fred Vinson. They're not perfect at it. And Fred Vinson isn't a miracle worker, but it's at least something that they can kind of bank on and go, okay, we can take a chance on this guy. Let's let's go that route. And I think that could be, you know, an option. That's why I also had them taking Jeremy Sohan. It eight in our ultimate NBA mock draft because I think they'll work on developing the shooting with him. Mike Sia says we are in win now mode. I trust Griff. Look, he wasn't great at drafting until this past year, and then he nailed it this past year. Will Guillory of the Athletic, who I was on Fox Eight with last night, had a great article in the Athletic today, and it's worth subscribing just for this breaking down every single pick that David Griffin has made in New Orleans. Right. Kyra's jury's still out. Didi Luzada, not great. Not that you should expect much from second round picks in the first place. Nikhil, 
didn't work out, was part of a trade and didn't get much value really, you know, and he's not playing even for Utah who could use him. Jax, I'm, I'm near given up on. When you look at some of the picks they've had, they have not worked out. It's just this past year. So it's more recent. I still trust it now, and I definitely think they see more of a model of the guys they want to try and bring in. But he hasn't always been great. He's definitely got it right. He's been through three different centers in three years, three head coaches in three years. There was a lot of bad track record there before it came together this year. Maybe he just needed some time to figure it out. Pelicans Nola says, what will it take for the Pelicans to move up into the top three? I don't really think any of those teams want to move out of there. I think it would take a lot. You're looking at probably three additional picks in addition to eight to move up. You know, I could see it for certain guys, but I'm not sure if there's there's a reasonable option unless you're going to include Brandon Ingram or Zion Williamson in there. And no, I don't think that's really going to happen. So I don't see a trade into the top three being realistic. I also don't know if I really want, say, Chet Holmgren or even Ben Carroll on this team. Ben Carroll may be more than Holmgren. I'm a big believer in Holmgren too. So I think that's, that's kind of what it is. I don't think they're really looking to try and get into three. If anything, it might be four to get a guy like Jaden Ivey if you really, really love him. But I have some questions about defense and things like that for him too. Jeffrey Duplass says, Pelicans desperately need more size in the backcourt. Yeah, I agree. A big guard wouldn't be bad. I wouldn't mind a big guard with size. As we, After the Fox 8 thing, I was talking with Will Guillory and Juan Kincaid. And Will said that, you know, they don't need another guard because they've got a lot of guards. But one with size definitely wouldn't be a bad thing. Um, and Dyson Daniels can be that, right? You get those guys. Those guys are in the draft. And so I think there's definitely a chance that they have an opportunity to kind of address that need right now. Joel says, I knew you picked Sohan. You were screaming that last week, right? There's someone in there. I think it was you being like, I know who you're taking. I, I like the guy a lot. I like someone who can defend all five positions. I think those are awesome types of guys to have. And if you can develop the shooting from him, and he projects as a very good secondary playmaker to me, a guy that could average four or five assists per game, handles the ball reasonably well, I like that kind of guy. That guy's going to be in the league, I think, for a really long time. And again, there's something to be said for just drafting solid basketball players, even if they never make an all-star game. It depends on how you approach it and your look into the draft, but I don't think there's always those sorts of things um, that you need to worry too much about. Just get good basketball players and figure it out later. JB2011 says, why do you think BI's three-point percentage dropped so much this year? It's a good question. I, you know, part of it was the injury. That hip was really bugging him all year long. Part of it was no Zion to take some of the pressure off of him. Teams keyed in on him, right? Like big time. Things finally started to open up for him a little bit more when they had C.J. McCollum there and another credible threat. So I think part of that was just kind of the workload and the defense is keying in on him. I'll be curious to really see what happens to his three-point shot this year. With Zion, should be easier, right? He's not going to have to take pull-up threes. He can be more catch-and-shoot, which are often where you can get your feet set and you can be a better shooter, I think. Everyone says, I would say, keep Trey, keep Trey. Yes, that, no one's trying to trade that guy. I would do it in a deal probably for Donovan Mitchell, but that's about it. It's got to be for a, a player at that kind of level, like a high-end all-star. We should have kept Lonzo. No, they should have traded Lonzo for more assets and a better, better stuff than what they did. I was fine with him leaving. ABJ504, I kind of answered this one. Can we trade Graham and Jax in the eighth pick to move into the top four? No. Graham and Jax are negative assets. So you could trade eighth Graham and Jax for 10 Maybe for 12, 
but you're moving backwards, not up with those guys in there. Um, someone says the no point Zion, the, the Saints helmets are fired. No, I don't like the helmets that much. I saw the picture with with Cam Jordan out there, right? What, what made that work was the Jordans he was wearing. Not not in the color rush uniforms, the black helmet. If you're not wearing Jordans, I don't know if it's going to work as well. I didn't love it. I like that they're shiny, but I would have put something else, a different kind of stripe down the middle, not those flirtilies that you're not really going to, it's not going to translate well to TV. They're going to be too small. You won't really see them. And I think that is, I don't know. You want to make it look good. The idea is there. Put them on all black uniforms, the black helmet. I think that would be really cool. It's fine. I don't think it's amazing, right? Um, Jill says, we can't keep saying the draft is weak almost every other year. Role players are crucial for most teams. Sure. I didn't think last year's draft was weak or the year before that. And I think next year's draft is good too. This is just the weakest out of all of them. That's a relative thing to a certain degree. Corey Adonis says, the guy from Australia sounds like a poor man, Ben Simmons. Yeah, it it definitely does. I I also think Sohan could be too, and maybe Sohan more than him because Sohan doesn't shoot well either. But guys that have big length can guard multiple positions and kind of create for others, and Dyson Daniels does that at a pretty high end. He's a really good pick-and-roll guy. He can defend three positions, four positions, and I think his shot will be good. He seems like really, really, really good to me. And I think that is a type of guy that they're really keen in on. So he's kind of my like penciled in pick for the Pelicans to take. I probably should have just taken him in the ultimate mock draft that we did because he was available and it would have been like, look at what the Pelicans are going to do. But I wanted to put my own spin on it. And that's why I went with Sohan out there. Does drafting Dyson Daniels get Jose out of the rotation? This comes from Igor Marusic. I don't think it does. Again, I don't think the rookie's going to play significant minutes right away. And so because of that, like draft whoever you want. I don't think any of these guys in the rotation need to be worried about that at all. And I think the rotation for the first eight guys, nine, ten guys is set. A rookie will get minutes, I think, eventually. But I think depending on who it is and how raw they are, it might be a G League guy to start, though. You know, Dyson Daniels haven't played in the G League. I don't know if that's going to be the best spot for him or if that's the route that they want to go. But I don't think any of those guys are going to push someone out other than maybe like Devontae Graham. But I think they're going to give Devontae Graham every chance to earn his spot in the rotation. Sean Dre says, what about the eighth pick for Lou Dort and the 12th pick? Yeah, I'd do, I would do that immediately. I would love to call up Sam Presti and just put that one in myself. Lou Dort on a cheap contract. You know, he'll need to get paid eventually. And he's going to want a big deal because he's on such a cheap one right now. But take advantage of it while you have it. You have his bird rights. You can go over to the cap to sign him. He's undersized though, right? Like he's a little undersized at 6'3". Good defender, good enough score, but he's a little undersized. And I think that could be a long-term problem for New Orleans not having like a big guard. But you can also address that later in dudes on cheap contracts that outperform that. That's a great thing in a small market. Change the color rush to black. Yes, that I think could be an option, but I actually really like the white color rush. It looks good. I also have a white color rush Kamara jersey, and I don't want to have to buy another one. Those things are expensive, right? Um, as I said, right, for the people who just tuned in, keep an eye on, there will be a minor, re- not a minor refresh. There will be some changes to the Pelicans jerseys. I've seen it. It's looks good. I wouldn't expect wholesale changes like y'all want. I wouldn't expect wholesale changes on anything, anything that y'all want right now yeah Dort is short and that's a bit of a problem but he's also a productive player and there's something to be said as I've been as we've been 
saying repeatedly for the past like month, get dudes who are just good basketball players. Shooting guard vets with the MLE. I think Oladipo probably is going to want more than that, but I actually am a big fan of Oladipo. I've been trying to create trades to get him on New Orleans for a really long time. Malik Monk, I think, could be a good good fit. Lonnie Walker's probably above that. I don't think they're going to let him go or they only lose him in a trade. Uh, Mo Bamba's a name I've heard a lot of people talk about. We'll probably do... We'll talk about him at least in a segment on a show, but it's I think it's too expensive for New Orleans for what they're trying to do. Um... And I think people overrate him and just see that three-point shooting and are like, oh, yes, this guy. And it's like, eh, I'm not so sure. Um, so, yeah. So, we'll talk about that more. Like, the plan is... So, I'll, I'll give you guys the rundown here. Monday, I'm going to have a guest on who's formerly of the Pelicans' front office, kind of giving you insight to how they work and his thoughts on the draft. Tuesday is going to be second-round picks. Whole show on second-round picks and what they're going to do with the three second-round picks they have. Likely consolidating... Is there a guy in the second round? I like that they could go after. That makes sense for New Orleans. We'll talk about that. Wednesday is going to be the final big board with kind of some more general overview of the prospects. Next Thursday, draft day, live show. Live show. Immediately after the Pelicans make their pick, we're going to be live. I'll be coming to you from right here, right after they make that pick. Um, and that'll end up being the show. And we'll talk about that guy. We'll answer your questions. And then maybe something happens while we're live. And that could be a lot of fun. Then fry, uh, and So that's going to be kind of Friday. So that's the Thursday show. And then the show coming out on Thursday, like Thursday morning, I skipped a day here, uh, is kind of what to expect for the draft that night. I don't know what I, what I wrote after that. Um, and it's like gibberish and I can't see it. So guess Monday, second round picks Tuesday, final big board Wednesday, what to expect Thursday in the morning. And then Thursday night, it's going to be the, the live show, um, right after the Pelicans make their pick. So that's going to be the, the rundown here. Here's a, <laughs> all right, we're going to end it on this. We're going to end it on this guy incognito. Here's a really dumb idea. <laughs> it's always, always got to start with that, right? What if Griff pitched to Portland, the eighth, and whatever else to get Hart back since Portland could package the 7th and 8th to move up. I don't, I don't want to trade the 8th for Josh Hart. You, you can get better than that. Like, you can get better than that. I know everyone wants Josh Hart back. Yeah, probably not for the 8th pick, though. And it's not happening. If they Portland would do that trade in a second. Portland would happily send Josh Hart back to get the 8th pick and then package the 7th and 8th for something big. Yeah, yeah. If, you, if, we, if we get Lillard for 8, I'll do it. Absolutely. No problem. But... No, otherwise it's, it's not going to happen. We need to let the the Josh Hart thing go just a little bit. But it's nice to hope, right? Um, all hail the new king. I will end on this. Is there any news about NOLA broadcast? Basically the TV deal. Yes, you'll hear something soon. That's all I can say. Uh, or that's all I'm going to say. You'll hear something soon on that. Like maybe very soon. That's it. Uh, so that's going to do it for this show. Go check out the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. That's simple. The Locked On, and it's, sorry, it's not the Locked On NBA Mock Draft. The Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. The Ultimate NBA Mock Draft. It's its own separate feed. All 30 picks from the local hosts. It's a lot of fun. Go give it a listen. It's a great show. One of the best things that we do. One of the best produced things that we do. One of the things that only Locked On can do. So thank you all for listening to this one. I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. Big, uh, big week next week. 
I'm going to pre-record actually everything on Wednesday because I'm going out of town for a couple days next week. I want to enjoy myself and I'll be back on Thursday where we are going to be live right after the Pelicans make their pick and it's going to be fun. So I'm looking forward to it. Stay tuned for a lot of great coverage coming to y'all next week. I'll see you on Monday.